It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's take a seat, guys. All right. What's up, New City Church? How are we doing this morning? Hey. Hey, oh, man. We need some enthusiasm in here, baby. That was awesome. It's, uh, it's, Come on. It's a, it's, a, it's a cloudy day. Man. Cloudy day? I don't care. Hey, you know what? It's not snowing. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Hallelujah. Yeah. You can take that miracle off the curtains back there. You know what I'm saying? Not snow on Sunday would be nice, you know. Thank you, Jesus. No, it really is cool, man. I, you know, I was like, I was kind of figuring out that uh, that we're just going to have to. Uh, it's going to snow on Sunday till uh, like July. So, but uh, man, guys, thank you. I love the living room setup, don't y'all? Man, it's just beautiful. Oh, and I could still do the Carlton at that first song. That was my Carlton song. So, if anybody wants to join me in the dance floor at the second service, the dance floor is in the back, and we can we can do that. So. Man, good to see you guys. Good to see some uh, faces I haven't seen in a little bit too. So I think I've met everybody here so far, um, and uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, reaching folks and and talking to people uh, about our faith. And so since I know everybody in here uh, for this uh, first service of the the three we have today, man, I'm going to be a little bit more candid with you guys. Is that cool? I kind of I got to be upfront with some stuff. Is that if that's all right? So um, you know, we are uh, in the middle of this series that started on April 1st, which was uh, almost at Valentine's Day. It is a, a day that God showed that he loved us a whole bunch, but he rose from the dead. And we talked about that on, on Easter Sunday. And we, we did talk about not just the fact that Jesus, uh, that, 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 yeah, yeah, we celebrate the resurrection, but this, this was an historic fact that Jesus didn't just... Uh, like pass out on the cross and the cold damp air woke him up and that kind of thing it wasn't anything like that like there was a genuine death and a genuine resurrection overcoming life that Jesus like did right and showed everybody that not only is he the one who's been talked about for the last several hundred years uh in the old testament but he is the one that will take us and said and even, even he said, there is no way to God, there is no way to the Father except through me, is what Jesus' words were. Since he's the only one in history to ever rise from the dead after declaring he was going to do that, I'm going to believe that guy versus anybody else like, I don't know, Muhammad or Buddha or anybody else that's going to claim, you know, claim to be uh, the deity or anything like that. He's the one that rose from the dead, claimed that he was going to do it, and he did it, right? And people saw him, people, people were willing to not just uh, follow him after that, but were willing to actually have their lives ended as a result of following Jesus. And I'm just thrilled that we don't have to follow a, a philosophy or a teaching or, or an historical figure. We actually get to follow God who came in the flesh and rose from the dead, Amen. That ought to give us like some genuine jazzed up, psyched up, freaked out awesomeness and pep in our step as we walk out throughout the week. Are you with me on that, New City Church? That's where we've got to make sure we are like, wow, we get to follow a risen Jesus, not just an historical figure, not just the guy that came and taught great religious philosophy. He rose and we get to, get to walk in that. Second week, we talked about a guy who was blind and he was a beggar named Bartimaeus. We call him Blind Bart for short because we can do that. And, and what he did was 
he bothered Jesus. Now, he didn't really bother Jesus, but everybody thought he was bothering Jesus because he kept saying, oh, son of David, have mercy on me. And as he walked by, he kept saying those kinds of things. And people were like, shut up, Bart, man, be quiet, right? He's got bigger fish to fry. And Jesus called everybody over, right, and said, hey, come, like, come to me. And so we have this, what we learned with what Bart did, what Bartimaeus did, is that we've got to learn to make some noise to get Jesus' attention sometimes. So this is why we have these boldly put these miracles on these curtains back here. And here's what I want you guys to do if you get a chance. Well, if you have a prayer up there, I'm going to ask all three services today to do this. If you have a prayer on that curtain, would you take it off and put it back on there like like open, not close. I asked everybody to close it and everything like that. But we've had a few people say, I can't find my prayer now. That's all right. We got a ton of them. And if you can't find it, it's cool. But what I'd love to do is be able to walk by that and specifically pray. What I've been doing is praying, God, take care of these prayers. What I'd like to do is point to that one. God, I want you to take care of that one. And I want us to join everyone in that. Is that, is that cool? Can you do that? I'd appreciate that. We also had a prayer this morning for financial delivery. Somebody said, uh, Lynette actually came and said, it happened. Two days later, right, you, you got a job. <laughs> that's just incredible, man. Like, come on, man. That's like, that's ridiculous. We, uh, we uh, had, uh, we got uh, Ed, Ed Garvin, if you don't know Ed, was, was, was asking God, God, it would be a miracle if I got a contract on, uh, at his job. Boom, he got it. These are things we're specifically praying for. Now, here's the deal. Are we saying, hey, if you want everything to happen good in your life, you just come to know Jesus? No, it's not like that. But we're boldly putting the, the, the ball in Jesus' court because he's the one that's able to do the miracles because he's rose from the dead. And that's why we are saying, you have got all the power, not me. And we're going we're gonna to see cause a lot of people will say, you got to pull yourself up by your own bootstrap or God helps those who help themselves. Actually, God helps everybody that can't help themselves. That's why we need God. We can't go to heaven by ourselves. We can't do the work by ourselves. That's why Jesus came. He sacrificed for our, on our behalf for our sins. And by him and by his shed blood only can we be saved and not go to hell. And, we, and, we, and not, only, not only do we not go to hell, we get to go to heaven and be with him forever. It's incredible. And he rises from the dead to show us that he is the legit Thing. We learned that we need to tell Jesus our specific need. And regardless of people saying things like, oh, God don't care about those little things, or God doesn't care about that little problem in your life, talk to him about the big stuff. If you ain't going to talk to him about the little stuff, you ain't going to talk to him about the big stuff. Right? That's kind of the way it goes. You got to get in the habit daily talking to God about our stuff and our things that are going on. And when it gets hard and all of a sudden you don't even know what to say because you haven't been saying anything for a long, long time. Amen? Like learn to, quote, bother Jesus because it doesn't bother him at all. Last week we learned that we have some responsibility toward walking toward the miracle that we're praying for. If you recall that, that over and over in the scriptures, whenever Jesus performs a miracle, he doesn't just say, hey, you're healed, bye. He just says, hey, get, pick up your mat and, and walk, right? He'll say things, reach out your hand. Bartimaeus, what do you want me to, to do for you? He even told Lazarus, who, who he rose from, he, he actually, Lazarus had been dead for several days, was in the tomb. It probably didn't smell very well. And even when Jesus like, like resurrected him to life, he didn't say, bye. He said, Lazarus, come out. 
right? You're not going to stay in that tomb. Lazarus wasn't like, wow, I'm alive. Cool. I get to stay here for it. No, come out. We have responsibility that when Jesus performs a miracle in our life, we are to step into that. And that's our responsibility for us. A lot of people think, well, I have no power. You don't have the power to do the miracle, but you have the power to walk into the miracle. You have the responsibility to walk into it. Amen. And that's what we learned last week. And that's what happened with the with the feeding of the 5,000. A lot of people think uh, Jesus fed the 5,000, but Jesus commanded his disciples, you feed them, right? I mean, so that's pretty neat, right? Yeah, did he perform the miracle? Absolutely, but guess what he did? He gave the, gave the fish, gave the bread to the, to the disciples, and they went and they fed the people, right? Because it it's remarkable. They looked at it and said, how are we gonna spend $20,000 to spend all this money? Oh, we're only 12 guys, Jesus, come on, man. We gotta send them away. And he says, no, you feed them. And he performed the miracle in that faith. And they stepped into that miracle. And so what we're going to look at is Mark 1 and Mark 2. Chapters Mark 1 and chapter, chapter Mark 2. We're going to go into uh, parts of most of these chapters. We'll go, cover probably about a full chapter uh, in the book of Mark. What I love about the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark. By the way, how many gospels are there? Does anybody know? Ah, oh, I've heard four, I've heard one. There's one gospel, but there are four different accounts, right? This is the gospel according to Mark, right? The gospel according to Mark. Don't want to call anybody. Trick question, that's right, exactly right. So there are four guys. One gospel, one good news, one way to heaven, right? How, were you guys not listening to four? No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But I love this. And here's what I like about Mark. Mark generally is a, a summary of the travels of Jesus. It's not a whole lot of detail in Mark. There are some details that are not in the other gospel accounts according to Matthew, Mark, and, or Matthew, Luke, and John. But Mark says things like, here's what Jesus did first. Then he went here. Then he went here. Not a lot of details that you'll find in things like Luke, who was a physician, who uh, went and talked to a whole bunch of different people about their witness and what they saw, and he wrote down a whole bunch of details. Mark is very much a summary, kind of like the cliff notes of the Gospels, if you will. So in Mark, starting in verse 1, or chapter 1, starting in verse 9, here's what he says. It says, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized... Jesus was baptized in the Jordan by John, who was John the Baptist, who was, who was uh, his precursor, kind of laid the, the guy that came as the prophet that laid the path or made the path straight for Jesus. He was the one that come, came and said, hey, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near, right? Jesus came saying the same thing. So he kind of like primed the pump for, for Jesus spiritually in a lot of ways. As soon as he, and this is why we baptize the way we do, listen to this, as soon as he, capital he, right, Jesus came up out of the water, meaning this is what he had to go into the water to come out of the water. By the way, we're going to have our second, our, our, our 97th and 98th baptism as a church at the second service today. We're going to baptize by immersion because this is what they did. Literally, the word baptize is a Greek word called baptizo, which means to dip under. Every baptism was done that way in the scriptures. It was done immediately. It wasn't done with like, hey, I'm going to wait for the photo ops and grandma to get in town or anything like that. It was done absolutely immediately. And so here's the challenge. And here's why I'm going to challenge us since we all kind of know each other this morning. If you haven't been baptized, let's go. The water's ready. Oh, but I don't have anything to check. Who cares? Dude, who cares? I will get wet with you and I will, I will, like, I, I will preach 
soaking wet for the next two services on your behalf. If you have not been baptized, you need to go. I'm cool with that, right? Listen, I'll have to take my mic off and everything like that because I don't want to die. I don't want to kill anybody, right? Well, it could be good for me, but then who's going to preach the second service, right? But seriously, Pete, you're up. Seriously, though, guys, think about, think about what I'm saying here. Like, this is something that we need to make sure we do. It is not a matter of salvation, and it is a matter of obedience. It is the very first step in becoming a disciple is, disciples, is, is baptism. Jesus didn't go say, go make converts. He said, go make disciples and then teach them to be obedient, right? And by the first thing he said to go make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's why we say those things. We said, we now baptize you by immersion in the, matter of, in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, not the rabbi, right, that you're being taught under. Those are baptisms that were done in the name of the rabbi or the teacher or the leader of the church. You're not going to be dead doing those kinds of things. But this is remarkable, the very first step of obedience and baptism. Let me finish up some of these scriptures here because I think it's so powerful. As soon as he came up out of the water, he saw the heavens being, being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. I take delight in you. Immediately, the spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days. And this is where he was being tempted by Satan, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels began to serve him. That's pretty much all it says according to the Gospel of Mark, right? According to the Gospel of Luke, you got a lot of details, right? A conversation. I think it's in John. He has conversations with, with uh, Satan. Like, hey, uh, tempt, tempt the fate and that kind of thing. And he, like, counters all that with, with Scripture, this is uh, two verses, that's all it says in this, this uh, gospel here. After John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee preaching the good news of God. And he says, and this is something we use in our discipleship language, the time was fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. This time we're talking about is a word called kairos, right? Repent and believe the good news. A lot of people know how to repent really well. A lot of people know how to go away from sin, knowing I, I know I shouldn't have done that. But very few people actually close the gap by believing because they step into obedience. They know it's wrong. They know they got to change their ways. They know they got to do something different. I got to quit looking at that online, or I got to quit drinking, or I got to quit doing drugs, or whatever it is. I got to quit cheating on this, or I got to quit uh, doing this at work, whatever it is. But they will rarely go into obedience, which is the mark of a disciple. And when we do that, though, our belief increases greatly because all of a sudden we're stepping in line with obedience to the Lord who rose. As he was passing by, passing along the, uh, by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, Simon's brother, and they were casting a net into the sea since they were fishermen. Follow me, Jesus told them, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, and they were uh, in their boat mending their nets. Immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat and, and with the hired men and followed him. Now this is stunning to me because they, they were they, their livelihoods. Basically, Jesus said, "Hey, you're going to do this now." And they're like, "Okay." Like immediately, it says immediately. They didn't go back and they didn't go make, right, make get their houses in order. They didn't do any of that stuff. It said immediately they left their nets and followed him. This is incredible. 
Then they went to Capernaum. See, see what happens here in Mark? Then this happened, then this happens, then this happens. Then they went to Capernaum, and right away he entered a synagogue on the Sabbath and began to teach. They were astonished at his teaching because unlike the scribes, he was teaching them as one having, say that word with me, authority. That's exactly right. So there was teaching going on, but here comes Jesus stepping into that as God who comes in the form of a, of a man and makes his dwelling among us, according to John 1, and he starts teaching them as God, right? Not as someone who says, well, here's what I think God says. He goes, I say, wow. And they go, whew, that's, 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 that's a tremendous difference. There's no commentary here. He says, I'm the word. Woo-hoo. I'm the word that became flesh, right? In the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word became flesh. John 1 is awesome too. Just then a man with an unclean spirit was in their synagogue and he cried out, what do you have to do with us? Jesus, Nazarene, have you, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. This had to be a, quite a church service, right? Wow. But Jesus rebuked him and said, be quiet. And come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsed him, shouted with a loud voice, and came out of him. Then they were all amazed. So they began to argue with one another, saying, what is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. News about him then spread throughout the entire vicinity of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, see what happens? Boom. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. They went into Simon and Andrew's house with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law was lying in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. So he went to her, took her by the hand, and raised her up. The fever left her, and she began to serve them. When evening came, after the sun had set, they began bringing him all those who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. The whole town was assembled at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and drove out many demons. But he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Whew. It's not, it's just, Jesus didn't just rise from the dead. He has power and authority over the demonic realm. Right? And so many times we will listen to the demonic realm lie to us about who we are in Christ. We'll, like, we'll not live lives of victory, not live because we're listen, still listening to the old coach rather than listening to the new one. The old coach got fired because he's a loser. You understand that, right? The, the, the enemy, Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him, is no longer in charge of our lives if we're in, we're in Christ. Why are we still calling the old coach and asking him what we're supposed to do? How do I run this play, coach? No, no, no. It's a matter of listening now to, to Jesus, who has the authority, who has the power over the demonic realm. So that's why we have this intentional prayer service tonight. Like five o'clock, guys. If you are asking God for a miracle, if you are asking, hey, here's the thing. You may not even be asking God for a miracle, but you know what? You can pray for those who are. How about that? Like we had probably 20 folks or so that came in intentionally prepared. Guys, last week, this, this is a powerful, powerful time that we're not going to just stop doing. And Pete says we need to do this more often. We were talking about it last week. This is a powerful time for people to, to actually step into some, some miracles and not demand anything from Jesus, but expect him because he's got all the power and all the authority to do it. Amen? This is remarkable. 
That's why we do it. We have prayed for things like deliverance from addiction, prayed for marriages, prayed for healing, prayed for deliverances even from the demonic as they come up. Guys, nothing is out of the lim- out of limits for our prayers here. Verse 35, very early in the morning while it was still dark, he got up, went out and made his way to a deserted place and he was praying there. Simon and his companions uh, went searching for him and they found him and said, everyone's looking for you. And he said to them, let's go on to the neighboring villages so that I may preach there too. This is why I've come. So he went out into all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Then a man with a serious skin disease came to him and on his knees begged him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Move with compassion. Now, I got to tell you, this next section right here about how Jesus healed this guy, I don't know about this guy yet. Like a lot of people think, well, man, this guy was a, was a believer in Jesus, but he was disobedient to Jesus. Check this out. Like Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing. Remember, this guy came to Jesus, bothered Jesus, and Jesus said, I'm willing. He told him, be made clean. Immediately, the disease left him, and he was healed. Then he sternly, don't tell nobody, right? He sternly warned him and sent him away at once, telling him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest, right? He was honoring some of this tradition here. And offer what Moses prescribed for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet he went out and began to proclaim it widely and, so, and to spread the news. I, you know, he's kind of, he didn't do what Jesus said, so I don't know about this guy. You know, like, yeah, I wonder how many, like, that's one of the things I look at as, I wonder how many people were healed but still didn't follow Jesus. I wonder how many people got a prayer answered and then said, all right, cool, see you later. Yeah, I wonder how many people, like, will, will come into a prayer service tonight, see a miracle actually happen. Okay, I'll call you, call you Jesus when I get cancer or when my house is falling apart or when I really think I'm, going to be at the end of my rope financially or my marriage is falling apart or man my health is is really like i need you now jesus how many of us do that and forget the fact that jesus is performing miracles daily in our lives by the fact that we can breathe in air that we have this gravity that sucked us on this big old rock in the middle of a space that is suspended on nothing we have this atmosphere and oxygen and and all like, like where does this come from and yet we forget continue to walk with him on a daily basis amen guys this is a challenge for guys this is a challenge for me too i forget where i was what what verse was i at 44 45 yet he went out and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news with the result that jesus could no longer enter their town openly but he was out in deserted places and they would come to him from everywhere mark 2 when he entered Capernaum again, for some, for after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many people gathered together, and there was no more room, even in the doorway. And he was speaking the message to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic carried by four men. Listen to this. This is incredible to me. Like There are four guys that love this man so much that even though the world was telling him, you're, you're, you're paralytic or you're this, you're probably cursed. Remember what they did to Job when he was going through all the stuff in the Old Testament? What did you do? What kind of sin? What brought your fate upon your own head like this? These guys loved this man. 
that they were willing four guys to carry a guy that could not walk all the way to Jesus. Listen to what they did to, in order to have him, have him healed. Since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof. Dude, I'd be mad if I was in that house, man. Hey, what you, man, it's my house, dog. What you doing? Somebody call the police, man. Call, call 911, man. Somebody's trying to break into my house, right? Well, what's gonna happen if it rains, right? This is amazing. Since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof where he was. And when they had broken through, this, man, there had to be stuff falling down on these guys, right? This was ridiculous. They lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. Four guys loved this guy so much that even though the world was saying, wow, you must have done something bad to become a paralytic like that, man, what kind of sin did you commit or your dad commit or your parents go, what, what, man, it must have been a generational curse or something like that. These guys had such compassion and love that they were willing to carry him to Jesus, climb on top of the roof with the paralytic guy, break the roof open and lower him down. That's love. That's love. See, we, we, we tend to look at the paralytic as he's the one that was, that was really receiving the miracle. But when we are supposed to help in the miracle of other people, that's where our obedience can step into as well. Like we've been talking about, we got to step into our own miracle. Now we got to learn what it means to step into the miracles for other people. That's why I say, man, if, even if you're not praying for a miracle, what if you came tonight and prayed for others? What if you came and you prayed for the Holy Spirit to do his thing in the lives of other people? What, if, what would it look like if you participated in the miracles of other people by actually helping them come to know the one who can provide the miracle? This is where mission comes in. This is where evangelism and outreach and all those different things that we talk about comes in. It is not a matter of going and feeding somebody who's hungry. It's a matter of feeding somebody who's hungry so that they can be introduced to the one that will make them never hungry again for eternity. Amen? This is a huge difference. So many, so many times our outreach has to do with going and doing service projects and going home. It is never that for that, that purpose alone. It is so that we can go reach the lost, those who don't know him yet. How, or how much are we willing to love other people to introduce them to the great, great healer? These guys were willing to do some crazy stuff, even probably being, being yelled at, even probably get, get that guy who's unclean, who probably sinned out of my face. What are you going to do, break my root? You better fix that. They didn't care. They were willing to do that for their friend. Are we willing to do that for others? Man, these guys are heroes of mine. These four guys, will, I, I, we'll never know their name, but they're heroes of mine, and I can't wait to meet them when we get to heaven. I said, man, you guys did it right. Thank you for doing that for your friend, right? Amazing stuff. And so I'm going to ask you guys, you guys got index cards. I want you to be thinking right now, who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to talk to about this? I've got, some, got a little bit more to talk about in the scriptures, but who do we need to talk, who do I need, who, like, okay, I'm going to step into this obedience, this miracle thing I've been challenged about, about what's going on in my life, who do I need to share the gospel with, who have I been avoiding, what neighbor, what coworker, what, 
family member. Man, who do I need to see? Who has God been laying on me that I need to go talk to these people? And I've yet to do it. And I've yet to step into this obedience. These guys were willing to bust open a guy's house to get this man healed. But listen to what happened. This is amazing. Because when they had broken through, they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. Listen to what Jesus said. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. (laughs) There's an elephant in the room here, Jesus, right? This guy can't walk. And these guys just busted through all the... And he said something that, that was very profound. Son, your sins are forgiven. See, the greatest miracle is salvation. Man, miracles of healing and marriage and finances are temporary. And we pray for those, man, because we want God glorified here and now, right? But we, there's no doubt we do that. But, but those things will go away. Salvation is eternal, And so the first and foremost thing, he said, son, your sins are forgiven. Like, this is crazy. But some of the scribes, verse 6, were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Blaspheming? Blaspheming. (laughs) You don't know either. I love it. All right. My my grammar Nazi. My, my, My personal grammar Nazi. It's good. Uh... Why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. That a, blaspheming? Gosh, dang it, I know it. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Is that not a great question? See, because here's what Jesus said right away. Jesus understood in his spirit what they were thinking like this, that they were thinking like this within themselves and said to them, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up, pick up your mat and walk. But so you may know the Son of God, man has authority on earth to forgive sins, because that's what only God can do. He told the paralytic, I tell you, get up, pick up your mat, and go home. Immediately, he got up, picked up the mat, and went out in front of everyone. As a result, they were all astounded and, have glo- and gave glory to God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. And you never know, man, he may have gotten on the roofing crew and fixed that roof. Then Jesus went out again beside the sea. The whole crowd was coming to him and he taught them. Then moving on, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting up at the tax office. He said to him, follow me. So he got up and followed him. And while he was reclining at the table in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were also guests with Jesus and his disciples because they were many who were following him. And the scribes and the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors and they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he told them, those who are well don't need a doctor, but the sick do need one. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. Wow. Guys, man, I'm telling you, this is... This is where we have to step into some obedience that isn't just about me and it isn't just about ourselves. It's about those who don't know him yet. Are we willing to do what Jesus did and go to people that don't know him yet? Because something about Jesus, that like those that were nothing like Jesus wanted to be with Jesus. 
That's an incredible thing to me. That, that we have tended to say, well, you gotta clean yourself up before you walk in these doors or you gotta make sure you get right before you come. Now, I don't understand. We don't need to approach Jesus all willy-nilly like, shoot, you better save me. No, it's not like that. It's not like that at all. It's a matter of, are we willing to let him do it? And are we willing to let him use us to help other people know him as well? Guys, I'm telling you, there is something special going on. So this whole idea of will it be us that we launched last year, like it's not just a matter of us being missionaries and going and doing things and going helping people and that kind of thing. There are people that are here. There are people that are moving here that do not know him yet, but they're going to, right? You with me, New City Church? They're going to, right? And the question is, as God asked Isaiah, who will I send? The question is, will it be us? Will it be us, New City Church? I didn't hear you. Yes, absolutely. In fact, I think I need to hear that again. Will it be us? Man, come on. Like, it must be us. Because if it ain't us, God will use somebody, and it will be a devastating thing to me. If he says, I can't can't trust you guys yet, I'm going to have to use other people to get to my people. Because we're here. Amen? And so, man, here's what we're going to do. I asked you guys to think about the person that you're going to be reaching out to. Will you write that down on that index card? Write it down. So there's somebody I don't know, and here's what, here's what we can do. If you come and put them along this upper step right here, and just say, this person belongs now to Jesus, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce them. Amen? Is that cool? Let me pray for us, and we will uh, close out. Am I forgetting something, Pete? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that at the giving time. All right, cool. All right, let me pray for us, guys, because this is a big challenge for us, isn't it? It's a big challenge for us. Sorry, I saw some whispering and scattering back in the back, so I want to make sure I wasn't. No, no, dude, I, no, I, I screw up all the time, so I want to make sure I wasn't messing up. So, Father, we just love you. Man, here's the thing. Uh, man, we thank you very, very, very much for what you have done. And for those you have put in our lives that, and that we may, God, we may have missed them, that we didn't see them at all. And so, Father, as you're laying down, laying, like, like laying on our hearts these names that you want us to reach, these names, Lord, that don't know you yet, that you have asked us to step into and, and talk, to, uh, talk to them about you. Lord, we don't have the power to change them. We don't have the power to do anything You have that power, but we do have the power to tear tear open a roof and lift them down to you. We have that, but we don't have the power to change, Lord, but we have the power to step into the miracle, not only for our own lives, but the lives of others. And Father, as you've rocked some of our hearts today, as you've rocked some of our minds today, man, may you just lay on us the names, and then, God, may you not leave us alone until we go share our faith about you with them. It's in your son's precious and holy name we pray. Everybody in the house said, amen. Amen.